1: Star Wars Summon by Summon episode 2266. Well, it finally happened. The trailer for season two of The Mandalorian has dropped, and we're going to talk about some highlights here on the show today. Punch it! Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, let's talk about the Season 2 trailer. Probably, let's start with the biggest hot point of discussion, which is the appearance of a person named Sasha Banks, who is a world wrestling entertainment wrestler. And she appears in a scene where... The Mandalorian and the Child are apparently at some sort of waterfront docks situation. She is lurking amongst the cargo crates and whatnot, wearing a hooded robe, and when the Mandalorian looks over at her... She manages to be there, and then as crowds pass, she disappears. And this is while we are hearing a voiceover from the end of season one, where the Mandalorian and the armor are talking about finding the race to which Yoda, baby Yoda, species belongs. And instead of talking about the species, they talk about the Jedi. And so this is... Supposed to be, at least, you know, in discussions, you know, a suggestion that, oh my gosh, whoever this Sasha Banks person is playing is a Jedi. Is she? Ah, Well, I suppose that's possible, but that just could be the way that they constructed the trailer. There have been some suggestions that she's supposed to be Sabine Wren, possibly. I will say that when the rumors came out back in February that she had been cast for an unnamed role in The Mandalorian in Season 2, that she was not attached to a particular character at the time. The rumors weren't talking about her as playing a particular character. I have to say... You know, and I really don't know the second thing about Sasha Banks. The first thing I know is that she's with World Wrestling (laughs) Entertainment, but it seems to me that Sabine Wren is a character that, you know, carries a bit of importance, if you will, within Star Wars Galaxy. And so it strikes me as unlikely that Sasha Banks would be playing Sabine Wren and this is you know not a knock on Sasha Banks at all she may end up being a fine actor as it turns out but it doesn't strike me as the right fit somehow What we do know is that the child, Baby Yoda, is a hot commodity, not just in our own (laughs) lives here in our own galaxy, but also in the galaxy far, far away. So it's entirely possible that Sasha Banks is playing some sort of bounty hunter. We see some bounty hunter action toward the end of this trailer. We'll talk about that momentarily, but I do want to flag the fact that this, you know, water world situation seems to be potentially Moncala. That would be the home world of the Moncalamari Admiral Akbar species. And the reason it seems to be the case in this situation is because there are a lot of Quorin about. Those were the characters that were referred to as Squidhead way back in the Return of the Jedi days. They are the other primary species on Mon Cala and don't get along very well with the Mon Calamari, so that presents an opportunity for some conflict and some drama for whatever happens there. There's also an indication that we're going back to Tatooine because of the Bantha and the Tusken Raider that we see. I don't know if we've heard of any situations where Tusken Raiders exist on other planets. I saw, you know, questions about whether, you know, that was possible because we've also seen Jawas on other planets. But I don't know if we've seen Banthas and Tusken Raiders elsewhere. So certainly seems to be a suggestion that that's happening. Now why would we go back to Tatooine? Well, maybe we're going to have Ming-Na Wen back, and it'll turn out that Fennec Shand wasn't actually dead, or whatever was happening at the end of that episode, that was Season 1, Episode 5, and that's the Gunslinger episode, where we see the you know mysterious boots walking toward Fennec Shand's body, and the implication of it potentially being Boba Fett, and with the possibility, the rumors kicking around about Tamora Morrison being cast in Season 2, well, I suppose that opens the door for going back to Tatooine again. I have seen some theorizing about visiting Obi-Wan's place, and that probably has something to do with, you know, linking to the Obi-Wan series that's in development, but... For what it's worth, Obi-Wan's place doesn't exist. It was blown up by Darth Vader and Dr. Afra in the comic series. So there's nothing of Obi-Wan's on Tatooine anymore for for the Mandalorian to find or check out. And when I say blown up, I mean like vaporized, like gone, like atomized, not even there. Speaking of of other planets that we've seen before i have to say i got a bit of a rogue one vibe out of a couple of locations but i'm not going to suggest to you that that is actually what they are it was just kind of striking the nighttime sort of cityscape scene that we see with the mandalorian and the child kind of reminded me of the ring of kafrain from the beginning of rogue one and when we see you know the canyons and the speeder bikes which was super cool coming off of that platform that reminded me of even a bit, although Edu is supposed to be a bit of a stormy place. Edu is, of course, the place where Galen Erso was holed up working on the Death Star stuff before he was killed by that strike in Rogue One. But I have a feeling that they'll turn out to be different worlds entirely. It just kind of struck me one after the other, and I thought, huh, that's weird. Where have we seen locations like that? And it just seemed odd that two somewhat Rogue One-looking-like locations popped up. I guess you could make a case for Jeddah, maybe as a possibility for the desert canyons where we see the Tusken Raider and the Vantha, because it's that kind of environment. But yeah, again, I think we would really be stretching our luck there. As for the snowy situation that we see, which... You know, also for me is a very exciting thing because man, I do love the snowy environments in Star Wars and it's very cool to see that we're gonna get a little bit of that in this season. I've seen suggestions that it's Ilum, which is a planet that's off in the Unknown Regions and is actually the location that eventually became Starkiller Base. So, if that is the case, then we are in 10 ABY and the First Order isn't really, you know, coming up to speed until about 28 ABY, so it seems like we could be at a place where the First Order would not be a part of anything that's going on on Ilum right now, or at least during this particular season. However, the Empire should have pretty well strip-mined Ilum by the time that they arrive there, if this is in fact Ilum. I don't know if I think it is. I have a feeling it's another planet entirely, Um, but... Wherever they are and why ever they're there, it doesn't seem like it's all fun and games because it looks like the razor Crest has crashed on the planet just by the way you see it in the background. Yeah, it doesn't look like the razor Crest has come in for a happy landing. And there are scenes... Where the Razor Crest is damaged, we see it actually falling through atmosphere in an uncontrolled manner and there's another shot where at the very beginning of the trailer we see it kind of floating in orbit above a planet and that back cargo bay door is hanging open and its starboard engine is sparking and it's certainly drifting in a way that makes it appear like it is not under control. So it does look like the Razor Crest is going to take a beating. But whether it's going to be from those X-Wing fighters that we see, well, uh, maybe not. But that certainly was a great bit of action for seeing them flying alongside the razor Crest in space and then chasing him around in atmosphere. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some very cool Starfighter action happening in this season, too. We're also going to spend a little bit of time on Navarro as well, which is home base for the Bounty Hunters Guild, at least as it's run by Grief Karga, Carl Weathers. We see him and Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, very briefly. We also see a bunch of Moth Gideon's TIE Fighters, the ones with the foldable wings, getting ready to take off and a brief shot of stormtroopers running through a corridor with that familiar alert alarm system going off. You know, the one from Rogue One where we see them all running around in the base on Scarif, right? And, you know, we talked the other day about how uh, Giancarlo Esposito suggested that Moff Gideon would have access to and control of a larger kind of Imperial craft. So this does lean toward the idea of of a Star Destroyer, I would say. And the only time we get any new dialogue is in the scene where the Mandalorian arrives at this little, you know, fight club thing happening where two Gamorreans are going at it. And if you recall back to Jon Favreau's announcement about season two of the Mandalorian happening, there was a statue of a Gamorrean fighter. And that's basically, you know, the guys that we're seeing going at it here. Um... The Mandalorian is in the crowd, and a character who the subtitles identify as Gore Koresh, G-O-R-E for a first name, K-E-R-E-S-H for a second name, says, uh, this is no place for a child, or you know this is no place for a child, and the Mandalorian says, wherever I go, he goes. And, yeah, that's exciting. And everybody says, I know, and pulls guns on him. And the Vambrace lights up with the whistling birds. And Baby Yoda goes, yipe! And hides in his little... Hover pram and all the chaos sound ensues, which is very cool. And I like the fact that they're not revealing that fight scene. I mean, I certainly hope that they show (laughs) a good bit of that fight scene, right? And obviously it's impossible for us to tell where this is taking place. But, you know, I talked about something yesterday about... You know, where we were going to go with our discussions about the Mandalorian. And this whole trailer actually has me thinking about what I was going to talk with you about today, in theory, before they dropped the trailer. And it's really only reinforcing the stuff that I was going to talk about. So, you know, we'll get there eventually. But... I also want to talk in this episode about the things that we did not see in the trailer. And before I do that, I do want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Audible and thank them for offering me the chance to offer you the chance to get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial via sw7x7.com audible. Now, in order to review books and review audiobooks for the show, one of the things that I do or one of the ways that I end up listening is when I'm taking our video production assistant Padme out for a run. I'm not really a music guy when I'm running, unless I'm running competitively, which is rare. <laughs> but when I'm you know, out with her and just going around the neighborhood... What I tend to prefer to listen to Are podcasts and audiobooks And so it is wonderful to Listen to audiobooks and especially Star Wars audiobooks when I'm out And about with the dog so you know if that's Something that you like to do when You're out walking or running then Hey try a Star Wars audiobook in fact Try one on us here at Star Wars 7x7 just go to SW7x7.com audible For your free audiobook and free 30 Day trial and thank you so much for Supporting the show so what we do did not see in the trailer is almost as notable as what we saw in the trailer. First of all, we did not see Moff Gideon or the Darksaber. None of that at all, right? So that's number one. Uh, Number two, we did not get to see Rosario Dawson, who's rumored to be appearing in the show as Ahsoka Tano. Whether that's actually happening is still a question, right? It hasn't been confirmed by anyone or anything. We also didn't get to see Timura Morrison rumored to be in there, Michael Bean rumored to be in there, Timothy Olaf. Rumored to be in there Um, If any of those folks were in creature costumes Well then, you know, they were there And were wrong about that But it seems like those are situations Where they would be cast And we would know it one way or the other Possibly, possibly not, I suppose Because, you know, we had heard that Nick Nolte Was cast in The Mandalorian for, you know, a long time And he never appeared He turned out to be the voice of Queel So it's entirely possible that Some of those folks I just named might be playing characters who we will not see, you know, in their actual physical being in the show. We also didn't see Emily Swallow as the Armorer, even though we had her voiceover from the end of the season, season one or any other Mandalorians for that matter, right? I mean, there was a whole Mandalorian covert that had to evacuate off of Navarro. Where did they go? We don't have the answer to that yet either. So this Mandalorian season two trailer has managed to give us a lot of tantalizing little glimpses at things that are gonna happen in the season, but also is really doing well at keeping a lot of things under wraps. And tomorrow we'll get even deeper into this because, ah, shucks, I can't remember now whether I said it, on yesterday's episode but i have a pretty strong feeling i know roughly in the galaxy where navarro is and the trailer has only reinforced that and as a result of it it's also given me an idea of where that snow planet we see might be and also where that fight club might be where we saw the gamorreans duking it out so we'll talk about all that on tomorrow's episode but that is going to do it for today thank you so much for joining me for the show as always and